0: And the best part, you can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month.
1: Hey guys, Mark Striegel here of the Talking Metal podcast. Welcome to another episode. <laughs> All right, let's uh, thank the patrons. And I just typed in Patreon on my uh, computer here and spelled it wrong. And I ended up on the Patrone website, which must be a, a sign. It's a sign from God that I need I need tequila as soon as possible. Tequila messes with my mind, I'll tell you then. And uh, it also is something that I love while I'm actually drinking it and don't love so much the next morning. But anyways, let's try that again. Patreon, Patreon, not Patron. All right, here we go. We got 51 striving to get back to where we were, which was, I think 53 at one point. And we were down to 50. Now we're back at 51, thanks to Eddie the head, 83 and uh, another one from the. UK, which is awesome. Which is awesome. We have such great supporters uh, across the pond there. And Eddie, the head eighty-three, it means the world to me. And I am sending you a t-shirt over there as as soon as I can. I probably get it in the mail this Saturday. So what? Usually a week or two to get over to England. And wow, I am totally stupid because Eddie. Head 83, I just looked at your address here and I saw London as the the town, city, so I I thought you were in the UK. I am obviously mistaken. You are in Canada. So we have such great (laughs) listeners up in Canada. We do. We have a lot of listeners in the UK, in in Canada, and of course, uh, the United States of America. But I would say those are the, the strongholds for Talking Metal and I love... All three of those places, I've I've been to them before. I spent two weeks in the UK over in in London, not the same London that you're from, Eddie the Head eighty three, the other London over across the sea there. But you're London Ontario, so cool, Eddie the Head eighty three. I will mail a T-shirt out to you probably this weekend, and it usually arrives quickly to Canada, so. Let me know when you get it. If you want to take a picture of yourself, I will definitely put it on my Instagram. So, uh, yeah. All let right. right. Uh, I'm dragging here. Sorry, guys. Let's get moving. Nick Beach, Down Under. Hope you got your t shirt, Nick. Mrs. Metal Dan, Sam Warwick, Kato Yogova, Adrian Cusick, Dane Damage, Madison Hatter, Seth B., Alan Jansen, Hank Reeves, John Simpson, Huckney Jacobson, Ed Ferguson, Denny Striegel, Patrick Sabin, Jerry from Salt Lake City, Blue Walsh 21, Victor Guzman, Jean Eugene DX, Sean Richmond, Mario Charance, Andrew Miller, Jeremy Weltman, Chris Riley, Johan Erdstrom, Steven Rodriguez, Tommy Anderson, Gregory Muse, Kenny McCrimmon, Leo Shaben, Brad Dahl, Dan Gurwan, Victor M. Ruiz, Sam Supi, Drake, Matt Carroll, Joe Ryan, Jason Seth, Steven Saylor Ron Keel Jean-Francois Bla, Anthony Mackey, James Bennett David Gray Fred Rutz Michael Street, Mike Jones Steve Hoker John Boivari and Metal Dan our longest running supporter since July 2017 you rock Metal Dan and you know who else rocks? Phil Lewis of LA Guns first timer we're having a bunch of first timers and and they just aren't nobodies they're they're big time at least to me guys like Doug Pinnick and and Phil Lewis they're they're people I've been listening to for years and enjoying the music they've been creating for for decades and decades so to finally get interviews with them here on this podcast which has been going on since 2005 I don't take it for granted it is a big deal and again What an honor to talk with Phil Lewis of L.A. Guns. Let's get into the episode. All right, let's get right into our interview here with Phil Lewis of L.A. Guns. It was, uh, again, just really fun talking with him. Loved hearing the stories about Don Arden. You guys know who Don Arden is, right? He had Jet Records, remember Ozzy's old label, and... ELO's old label so phil lewis was on that label so we're going to talk about don arden and of course don arden also gave us sharon osborne literally sharon osborne's father and we're going to talk uh to him about the brand new la guns record we're going to talk to him about some old la guns music And we're going to talk to him about the gig he did in 2019 with LA Guns at the Iridium in New York City. So let's get into the interview right now here on the Talking Metal Podcast. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal and joining us for the first time ever, we have legendary vocalist Phil Lewis. Phil, how are you, man?
2: I'm all right, Mark. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. I was just reminiscing with my wife about seeing LA Guns and you back in 2019 at the Iridium in New York City. Such an amazing, fun night, man. Uh, any memories of that
2: show? I got a lot of memories of that show. Yeah. Um, in, in in many ways, it was it was kind of one of our, our last shows because uh, it was it was before the. Sort of this awful pandemic hit, and, and we had no idea what was just around the corner. And I remember it being a really, really fun night. <clears throat> I remember it being an absolute pain in the air to, to, to get our equipment in and out, to park a tour bus. The logistics of it were a nightmare. Right. It really right. worked. But but the gig itself, I felt I mean it, I felt like I was in ho- on harrowed ground start with because it was Les Paul's joint and it had like you know backstage it's got the chair that Les Paul used to sit in and play and it just there's so much so much history such a great vibe there and um the show was packed as well as you know uh, and, and it's a little bit different than a regular rock show i i, I felt honestly it was a bit more of a, an exhibition than right a, on. Than, a, than a gig because it was a seated audience Many of the, the, the people in the audience were, in fact, musicians. They just had that, they just got a musician's vibe, that car. Uh, and and um, we brought our best game. We didn't go over the top. There was no reason to go over the top because, as, you know, as I said, it's kind of more of an exhibition than a gig. And, and I remember it being packed, us, us playing great, and it going down absolute gangbusters. And And just thinking, "Wow, I can't wait to come back here again, hopefully next year. And uh, of course that that didn't happen, but it might happen again. I liked it because it was it was a we've been playing bigger rooms uh, up until that point on that specific tour. That was a nice, intimate show that night. And, uh, yeah, I remember it very, very well, uh, very fondly,
1: actually, yeah. and I mean, me too. I remember it so well, and I think, because of the pandemic, it's interesting. Some of the really good shows I saw in two thousand nineteen, like LA Guns at the Iridium in New York City, I just replay them over and over in my I, my head. So I, yeah. I can't wait to get you guys back here. Is there currently a plan to start touring again?
2: And the plan is uh, well. The record drops on November eleventh. Um, we've got a show that night, uh, and then we've got half a dozen those shows between then and the end of the year um mostly local stuff in the la area got a couple of shows at um in vegas and then um our our usual um new year's eve at the whiskey
1: right on right on and you mentioned the new album i mean every two years now it seems like we're getting a a new la guns record the missing Peace in two thousand nineteen, the devil you know in two thousand nineteen. Here we are in twenty twenty-one, two years later. Checkered past is on the way. Did the pandemic cause this record to come or are you just kind of on a two year schedule now?
2: Well, two years, you know, like I, I grew up in the seventies, listening to seventies bands and, and I remember every it was every couple of years, you know, a band released an album and, and and that's just the way it is, and that's the way it should be, and that's the way we always operated we would put a new album out every two years if we had the chance but you know back in the day things were all messed up and and since this reunion we've been on such a, a straight strong trajectory that uh, it hasn't been a problem and and actually the the, the pandemic was, was um kind of a blessing in disguise now this all the other uh, the first three um, since the reunion uh were were recorded um traditionally uh in, in the studio and, and I'd fly out to New York and I'd do my vocals with Mitch Davis and uh it was just great. It was a uh we we had a system, a system that worked. Now obviously it gives no flying out to New York to record and uh, you know we 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 were, had a a lot of challenges. Um and, and mostly the fact that I would have to get back uh, I, I have to hone up my my recording skills, get my engineering skills back, uh, and do the vocals here in my place in my house. Right. Uh, Built vocal booth under the stairs, kicked out Harry Potter, and okay. uh, put a microphone in. And uh, uh, it, and it was just me. It was just me and, and 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 the computer. So I would have to rewind the the tech, not the tape but the the session uh, ten or fifteen seconds. Earlier than I needed, put it in record. Get up, run uh, under the stairs. Get the, get my headphones on. Get my get the vibrate right, Get in my head and and come in uh, on my cue. And um, that <laughs> that certainly kept me fit. Right, um, right and it was a um, <clears throat> it was a challenge. You know, I think that we should feel really good. We put out a, a really formidable record under. Very trying circumstances, and and uh, I, we should, and I do. We do feel really good about it, and it, and it it doesn't sound fragmented. It doesn't have that um, recorded in a bedroom by or any of that. It sounds like a real real record, and and I've got to thank we got to thank Adam Hamilton for that because he compiled it. We were sending all the files to him. He put it together he played drums on it um because he set up as a producer his studio set up uh four drums and he's an excellent drummer so um you've got to give a uh, big credit to adam hamilton who has not only been our drummer, he's been our bass player and our guitarist the right only on. thing adam has done in the band is sing <laughs> <laughs> right. and i wouldn't put that past him either he, he's brilliant he can yeah. do anything And uh, yeah, he played a a big part in this record and and, 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 um, making it possible to uh, do it um, in isolation.
1: Right on. And so many great songs off the record. The first track, Cannonball, just an explosive lead track. Let's talk about this song. I mean, in some ways, when you listen to it, it almost sounds like, you know, pirates out out at sea at war but is this really like a big metaphor for something else i don't know i'm actually asking you that or is it actually about being out at at sea and and you
2: know what's that we made a video for it
1: yes i saw the video yeah
2: and you saw that it's very camp it's all very dressed up and and, in pirate for me anyway yeah,
1: cut, uh, cut with with the ships, with the cannonballs.
2: Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. No, uh, no, it' there's no metaphor. It's not about anyone. It's not about um, you know ex band members or anything like that. It is. It's it, 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 it's 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 the pirate fable. It's a uh, it, it's a high seas adventure, and right on. Uh, that's all. And and uh, it was it was it was a character that I could. Uh, I really enjoyed getting into, and and, uh, and I knew when I was doing the vocals and I was recording the vocals and, and putting it together, uh, I, I knew it was going to be a monster, and I and and I was just really um, I couldn't wait to to to, to put an old um, old um, a, a naval jacket or old naval hat from the sixteenth century in it a big powder. We I couldn't do that quick enough. It was, it was always, always in my head that I was going to do that. Uh, and and um, it was a bit tricky because the uh, the record company Frontiers, they didn't quite get my vision. They, they they wanted to do two videos. They wanted to do Cannonball and Get Along. Um, and and they were really more focused on Get Along. And Cannibal, they were just going to have us like perform in a room and then cut uh, various um, cool scenes from the the bad streets of, of Hollywood. And I was like, well, I'm going to look pretty fucking funny in my in my pirate outfit, uh, <laughs> in, in the mean streets of Hollywood. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I had a whole thing. I had the idea of it all figured out even before they took a, a single frame uh, of the video. I, I wanted the first shot to be close. And 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 then the, the, the second the second part of the verse to be further away, and then the, the the chorus. You know, where I'm swinging a saber and I'm pulling right. off the wig and uh, just you know just really like 100 percent in like the full-on pirate fight. And they loved it. They really, really, you know, they they, they didn't know, uh, and, but once I, I wrote and told them, and then I I showed up with the with the with the various costumes and whatnot. They're really, really into it, and and um, it it, uh, it revitalised their enthusiasm for the song. They 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 were like, oh, a good song. it's a great you know opening song." But no, that's the whole vibe um, for this next tour. I will be dressed like that. The whole pirate scene, old okay. captain, the high seas theme for me. Before it was the devil. It was the devil, you know, and and I I I, I get all devilly, and and it was all about pentagrams and and all about uh You know the, the, that kind of stuff. This is a different vibe now. This is right. a high speed, and it's all, right. all a romp. It's all a good laugh. Now we weren't work dev, uh, devil worshippers or anything like that. It's just just it's just a romp. It's, it's yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's pantomime.
1: I got you. I got you. Cool. And again, we're talking about the new LA Guns record, Checkered Past. Another just awesome song, Knock Me Down. In a way this has like this defiant tone to it. it. It almost like feels like a comeback song to me. Now, I know you guys have been doing the reunion for a number of years now, so maybe it's not a comeback song, but how, how do you view this song?
2: Well, um, Knock me down. I've noticed on this record, uh, for the most part, I've been singing in a much lower register. Right. Um, and, and it starts off in, in, a, in a voice that uh, is unusually low for me, um but it it's 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 got a vibe, it's got an urgency to it. And um I I wanted to have a, a really strong contrast between the the um I think it, crystal chorus. It is just it's such a bright uh chorus. I wanted to have a, a kind of a um a question, you know, more on a on a on a, on a talking level during the verses. Um and it's just it's just got a, a, a it's got you know what what well, what would have could been been considered in the eighties that would have been it's got all the the, the uh the makings of what they call a radio here when they played that kind of music Absolutely. on the radio and and yeah it's uh, it's it's very very commercial um and um yeah yeah, i like that one too it, it took me a little longer but some some are easier than others i mean cannonball. Was a breeze. I did that in a day because I was so into it. But other stuff like that took a bit longer.
1: Right on, yeah. And you mentioned the song "Get Along." I guess there's a new music video for that coming out later this week. Which I, by the time we post this interview, I guess it'll be it'll be live. But what what should we expect? Is it a music video more along the lines of just the band on a soundstage, or, or what's that music video? Be well, uh,
2: it's 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 a it's a big contrast from from cannonball. Um, now, this is an actually one of those old, uh, like typical MTV um, videos with a story in it with actors. And it's a, um, it's, it's a whole premise of, of uh, a dad and his daughter that they're, they're, they're living on a hard time uh, in the mean streets of Hollywood. And and dad's a bit of a drinker. He's a bit of a boozer. And, and, and she's, you know, getting Really frustrated and upset by it, and and you know it's a whole little mini movie all condensed in three minutes, and 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 at the end of it he's like no fuck it I'm I'm going to be good for my I'm going to be straight. He's pouring all his liquor down the toilet, and and uh, it, it's, it's a big happy ending. Um, now for that one I I didn't want to upstage the actors or or you know right. make it look me, so I just real low key, pair of overalls, old straw hat. And, and it's a very acoustic. It's got a real um, the vibe of the song is very um, like Led Zeppelin three uh, vibe to it. You know, there's, there's, of all their records, we're huge Zeppelin fans. But right, I think that's yeah. pretty obvious. Of all their records, it was really the most folky. Um, and 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 um, yeah, when 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 not when when Tracy came up with that 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 those beautiful chords and, and that progression, um, it was it was. A refreshing change. And as I said, it's a, a complete polar opposite from Cannonball.
1: Right on. And that's,
2: right. and that's the nature of this band, is that, you know, we, we, we take on any style and, and we make it our own. We're not a, a one dimensional band. We, we we don't just do do the. A lot of bands are like the, you know, Maiden, Motorhead, ACDC, and they're really fucking good at it. But but we're more on sort of cheap trick Beatles kind of uh, okay we did that now what should we do next and let's try let's try doing it you know and 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 for for, for me personally that that's a lot more fun um, a lot more challenging and a lot more interesting and and uh, uh, I love that about Tracy he he really just you know we we he comes up with an album in about a week of of, of great chord progressions and great music uh and And he just lets us go with it. let's it run with it. and And the songs, uh, I will not say they write themselves, but it it it's it just you know they have a a leaning of, of how they're going to be, um, like "Living Right Now," which is, I think, maybe my favorite song. That was the one that when I first heard the music, it was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to really, really sink my teeth into this one." and And I think it turned out great. Bit of a sleeper. Nobody's really noticed it yet. But it's but it's 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 the, the thing about this album. It's got quite a lot of humour in, it. right? Uh, okay. and, and it's a funny song. It's uh, it, it's got me in my full you know English act and going. Keep running, Dave, <laughs> in between <laughs> right, right. lines and song. and, and uh, it it definitely hopefully uh, comes across as it, it being a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely, and you know you've gotten such a great response from the fans, from the critics. On, on these last few records. Is there a plan to bring more of these songs into the set list when you, you are out there playing live? Or do you feel like you really have to play most of the old classics?
2: It's a bitch, man. It, it really is. It, 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 that, that's our, our big um, conundrum. You know, we, we, we write these new records and, uh, and we know full well that 70% of what we're writing is never going to get played live. We just can't just because of nature uh, you know we can't escape the fact that um, we uh, for, 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 for one of for a better word I' think of a soldier act and and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm proud of our past I'm proud of our legacy uh, and and it um, it just entails that we have to play those songs which um, <laughs> so I, I, in, in my cynicism. I call them songs from the last century, right? Um, <laughs> which they are, and 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 uh, they're great and everything. But yeah, it's 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 it, it, it's it's a killer knowing. It's a killer picking out the three that we're going to be doing live off of each record, right. and and occasionally um, we'll try a, a, another one here and there and 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 put it in, but you know, for the most part, we know that let You Down, uh, Cannonball and Get Along are going to be the three from this album that we're going to focus on life. And hopefully down the cool. line, maybe you know, we can add something to it. But it's very difficult, you know, because we've got to do our set factions. We've got to do our electric jigs, We've got to do our, our, our ballad game, as we should, because uh, that's what people pay for. And and um, and, and, and many people, want us for that is that a lot of people might not want a whole set full of new stuff just because we get our jollies doing it uh, Tracy had an idea um, of doing two sets tonight splitting it up doing eight songs of, of nostalgia and then eight, stuff, eight songs that we'd love to do ourselves and I think it's a great idea and, and it's something that um, we might be able to look into but not after taking almost two years off. Right. You know, I don't want to reinvent. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, while when we were first coming out, I've got enough to deal with with the, the three new ones, and 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 getting the whole thing back without doing a, a, a reformatting the, the the entire vibe of rock and roll. Actually, not just us, but doing that. And yeah. it's a great idea, but I don't think we're quite ready to do it.
1: I got you. Cool. You did, you did revisit the entire Cocked and Loaded record on the live stream that you guys had last year. Yeah. What about that type of setting live? Would you ever consider playing in a touring situation an album yeah, from that, start to finish?
2: That was the plan. We were going to do that, but this fucking pandemic messed it up. It was a, uh, that we, that we would totally had that on the cards. That's why we were able to do the live stream because we all learned it. We're all expecting to do it and looking forward to doing it, and unfortunately, we only got to do, do it once uh, for a live stream. So that's just that's just the nature of uh, uh, of the, the the very strange upside down world the last few years have been.
1: Right on! It is the 20 year anniversary of the Man in the Moon album which was kind of an interesting time i think for hard rock music in general what what do you remember about that album and just that history of la guns
2: um i i've been away for a long time uh, uh prior to recording that record and and uh i was out of business i've been out since like 92 93 um and when I, I was pretty convinced at the time that, that I was done uh, as a professional musician, I had a you know like a, a raising a family, had a regular job, a job that, that I liked. It was a, a nine to five, but it was a good, it was a editing job, an audio editing job. I worked for Fox, sports wow. network, um, and and I really enjoyed it, and I liked the people that I worked with, and and, and many of them were. Ex musicians, and uh, I, I, I was, I was there for a few years, and 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 I got really good at it, and and uh, I, I was, they, they treated me really well. I was promoted, and, and I had my own studio, and I was enjoying, you know, making um, uh, commercials, Fox commercials for for the Brazilian Grand Prix, and, and golf commercials, and stuff like that. I'm not a big sports fan or anything like that, but. It was just a good gig and I enjoyed working with people. And I, I honestly, for the most part, in my heart, I felt like uh, I, I, I was done. You know, music was just going to be kind of a hobby for me from that point on. And then I got this, call saying, look, you know, we we, we want to get back together. We want to re- re-record the first two records and we want to see if we've got any, uh, if we've got a new new record in us. And, and, and it was an exciting time. Um, we, uh, it, it, it's not a, it's not a very hard rock record. I mean, it's, you know, Man in the Moon itself is almost kind of a funk vibe to it. Right. Um, and because there was a, uh, I wouldn't, it was a, a lack of focus. It wasn't, it was just, it was a more broader kind of a, a vibe. We had Mark, uh, Muddy, uh, Mark and playing bass for us at the time. And he, he's real jazz. He's real, you know, yeah. he played with the black clothes, and Not that they're a jazz band, but you know, they're, they're a bit more um intricate than than say pretty boy floyd you know that's no offense right. like, you know, <laughs> right. and, and, and he was he's a busy bass player and I mean he, he, you know he's got high standards and so he, he drew us into the sort of funk, funky direction uh, certainly for the title track of the record
1: yeah um, there's some great songs on that record beautiful is great don't call me crazy two two really yeah, good songs no
2: there. it's good it's, and it's a real, it was a real um, labor of love because coming back and, and writing it from scratch and I was like, oh, I thought I was done. I thought, I didn't think I was going to see these guys ever again. And I thought I was done with it. So it, it was, uh, it was interesting. It was a nice, it was pleasant and, 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 and good to be back. Oh, and then uh, when, we, when we released it, um, we, we had a fantastic tour. We had about 50 dates. Uh, and we only played hard rock, hard rock cafes. Oh wow! And and every night we play a different hard rock, and just just driving around, getting on the tour, you know, playing the show, uh, getting on the bus, going to sleep, waking up the next morning in another town, so taking over the hard rock, you know, putting up, you know, they they completely had the 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 the, the venue at our disposal, um, and we'd be sound checking all day, and and it, it was it was a lot of fun. That was a great great tour. And the hard rock people took really, really good care of us and didn't
1: feel like work at all. Cool, cool. Final question for you, Phil. Um, you, of course, started your career back in the band Girl, and we all know that Phil Collin from Def Leppard was also in that band. But I wanted to ask you about the band signing to Jet Records. Now, your label mates, I assume, would have been like Ozzy Osbourne and, and ELO. Yeah. And the guy who ran that label, owned that label, was the... I don't know if, if notorious is the word, but we've we've definitely heard the stories about Don Arden, uh, Sharon Osbourne's father. Any yeah. memories of of him oh, and we, dealing we with him? What with, was he like?
2: Oh, I could talk about this all day. It's fantastic. Well, first of all, um, I put a band together in 1979, early 80s, uh, called Girl. It was kind of an incendiary punk sort of a uh, thing. We were influenced by I don't know, like like television. Um, Tom Petty, the Cars, um, right. a band called Japan uh, in, in England we were big at the time, and yeah, um, I was seeing uh, an actress, Britt Eklund who'd been with Rob Stewart, who was uh, involved in a project that, that Don was working on, um, and and she told him about her, her her new toy boy has a band, and he should check us out and and give us a deal, and. I, I, God knows, it, he actually did. He went wow. along with it, and he did sign us. Uh, and, and, yeah, it was a very short-lived thing. It was only lasted two years, and it started off great and ended really badly. Um, and, yeah, Don was around. We were, I became real good friends with Ozzy because, you know, Sharon and Ozzy had just gotten together, and he was working on his first solo record, and, and so we'd see him a lot in the office. We didn't really see much of ELO or any of those guys. Um, but uh, yeah, Don was a character. He was a real fascinating character. And just recently, I I, I finished his uh, autobiography, and it's so so funny. And once I, I wish that I'd read that book. I wish I knew what I know about him now when I knew him. Right, right. You know, I was a little intimidated, but there, there was no reason to be. You know, he 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 just lays it out. You know, he he wanted if people wanted to be a star. He could make you a star. And, it, you know, like a lot of people, a lot of bands, a lot of musicians he broke he, he, he didn't have a pot to piston. They were living at home. So he'd get them a house and he'd get them a car and a driver and, and, and a housekeeper for the house. And all that stuff costs money. So what he did was he'd be like, you know, when the band got paid, and he'd take a percentage of it to cover what he spent uh, on taking care of it. And, and, and a lot of musicians resented that. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so I think that's a, a big reason why he got a bad reputation. I, I highly recommend the book. It's called I... Mr. Big, uh, Don Arden. Uh, it, it's it's kind of hard to get here, but I, I managed to get a copy sent over from a friend. Wow, and okay. I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm really, um, you know, in a downtime I've been reading a lot of biographies. I read Peter Grant's biography, the manager of Led Zeppelin. Uh, Peter Frampton, guitar player from Humble Pie. But there's a lot of 70s autobiographies floating around. And, you know, as I said, I I grew up, that was, you know, my, that was the big influence for me growing up musically. Um, So it's great getting insight. And even though it might be, you know, decades later, I really feel like I I, I get to know uh, the characters in the book and people that I, I, I knew and, Loved for the most part, and 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 their take on it all, and uh, yeah, yeah, Don was all right. I've got to say, yeah. I wish he was there, I, I, I would give him a, I give him a high five now. Right you on. You know, and he man. nobody else. You know, we weren't very good, to be honest. You know, there there was, uh, and and we weren't very commercial. He just took a chance on it, and uh, and and it just sort of snowball. It was a tiny little snowball, and and and. And my career has gradually gotten bigger and bigger. But that's where it started. That's how it started. I've got to thank Britt Eklund, and I've got to thank Don Arden for putting me on the map.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for you know, continuing to give us such great music and Spencer. giving it to us frequently. Checkered Past is out when, Phil? November what?
2: 11th.
1: 11th. Great. And uh, I hope to see you live in 2022.
2: I really do. Let's get you back to New York City. Phil.
1: Hey, Phil, I lost you. Anyways, we're we're pretty much done. I don't know (laughs) if you hear me, Phil, but I lost you. Um, All right, man. Take care. Yeah, so kind of a weird ending. I never said goodbye to Phil. It just—I uh, don't know what happened. He just disappeared. But we were pretty much done with the interview, so that's that. Yeah, an odd ending to the interview, which was a fun, good interview. I know his—the quality of his call wasn't the greatest. Um, you know, it's—it's it's wild how some people will have a mic plugged in; they sound so good. Other people, it, it just sounds like they're on a cell phone that's, you know, five years old. Having said that, the quality of what he said I thought was really good. The audio quality may have not been good, but listen, I'm not going to complain. When you get to talk to Phil Lewis for 25 minutes, it's a good day. It's a good 25 minutes. Doesn't get much better than that, right? All right. So thank you, Mr. Phil Lewis. And thanks to John Freeman for setting that up, of course. And definitely support LA Guns. Support talking metal with by joining us on Patreon. You do five dollars American, five American dollars a month, you will get a talking metal t shirt mailed out to you anywhere in the world. And I'll tell you what, usually I've been saving these t shirts just for the people on Patreon. But if if you don't want to join Patreon, fifteen bucks if you're in the States, twenty if you're anywhere else in in the world and i will mail you out a talking metal t-shirt we have all sizes all right i don't that's that's not an offer i'm, I'm really doing very much anymore but i gotta be honest I, I restocked the talking metal t-shirts and i have like hundreds of them now <laughs> i gotta i gotta move this shit right all right talk
2: to you next week guys have a great week